Merry Christmas. This is Jeff Wagner, and this is the Jeff Wagner Family Christmas Special on WTMJ. This has been one of my favorite programs of the year. We've been doing this for a number of years, and it's great because WTMJ gives us the option to pretty much program the show however we'd like. Sometimes, you know, people choose to play Christmas carols. Sometimes people choose to do interviews with newsmakers, and that's all great. But one of the things that I have used this time to do every Christmas is to give you an opportunity to meet some of the people that you hear about during my program over the course of the year. And that's my family. You know, I made a decision when I started doing talk radio shows a long time ago that I was going to share with you people that were important in my life. And so now you, you hear the stories about my wife, you hear the stories about my brother, you hear the stories about my friends, and I, I thought you should hear from them directly. So for this Christmas, well, we've got a couple special guests lined up. First of all, we're going to be talking to my brother, Scott. Now, he describes himself as his my significantly younger brother. Don't know what that's all about. He's a very successful lawyer in Milwaukee. He's got two great kids, and we're going to check in with him to talk about the Wagner family growing up at Christmas, and then we're going to talk about what it looks like in 2021. In addition, we're going to be joined by a dear friend of mine. Her name is Maggie, and she's going to tell you a little bit about herself, and she's got a great job, and she's also, well, when you talk about Christmas at her home, you're going to want to hear all the stories because I think the word chaos, a good kind of chaos, but chaos would be the appropriate word. We're going to hear from Maggie, and then we wrap up the program with a a woman that you hear a lot about. When I go out and about on the streets, the the thing I'm, I'm asked, first of all, people say, tell me about your dog, Sasha. And then people say, tell me about Fran. What about Fran? Because she really is the more famous and more popular member of the Wagner family. If you grew up around the North Shore, you've been here for the last 30 years, everybody knows my wife. And um, if you want to talk about the better angels of your nature, well, you you talk about Fran. So um, I have coaxed her into coming on the program as well. She's going to talk a little bit about what it was like growing up in a household with seven other siblings and a dad who was in the FBI. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what Christmas 2021 looks like in the Wagner family. So that's a rundown of where we're going. Sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. It's the Jeff Wagner Family Christmas Show on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Wagner Family Christmas Special. It would not be a Christmas special if I did not include, as we've done over the last several years, the guy who describes himself as my younger, better-looking, and more accomplished brother, Scott. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and just to be completely accurate, it's significantly younger brother. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what, what can you do? To, to that and, and I think that's a great way to start our conversations. Um, <laughs> our, our parents were from Maryland. Our dad was from Baltimore. Our mom was from southern Maryland, the Annapolis area. Um, there, there's a seven-year age difference between the two of us. We moved out here when I was in fifth grade. You would have been like three or four years old. You really don't have any recollection of, of Baltimore at, at that point in time, do you? I have one uh, strange recollection, and by the way, it's closer to eight years. It's, it's like seven and a half, so it really is significant. <laughs> and Merry Christmas um, to you, Scotty. <laughs> but, but the only recollection I have is actually 
you doing something at McDonough, the, the private school you were attending, right. and we were in the bleachers watching, and I bolted. And I have this vivid memory of mom and dad chasing after me, because I was a lot faster back then. <laughs> um, and I, I disrupted something. But that, that's really, I mean, I remember going back to our grandmother's house after we moved here. Right. But that's my only uh, Maryland-specific memory, and uh, it is not a great idea to make a jailbreak at a military facility. <laughs> that's that's right. and, and, and just so people understand this, this was it was a military school that I was at that actually was, was a high-achieving sort of school. It wasn't there. I wasn't there because of like a court sentence or anything like that. And that's at least my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, because all the juvenile records are sealed, so I think that's fair. <laughs> but I, I, I was certainly not suggesting that. But I, I just I just remember a lot of people in uniform coming after me. I understand. Okay, so let's let's talk about Christmas. Growing up in the Wagner family Christmas uh, house, our, our mom really did have a lot of traditions, um, and, and I think you know we've talked about this before. But what are some of the big ones that you remember? Well, the one that I, I always brings me a smile is the the artificial tree that was the Russian surplus tree that I'm sure contains some sort of asbestos or lead paint, which has affected me greatly. <laughs> but the the struggle of trying to bring it up the stairs and then. Each of the you know, each of the the uh, branches were color coded with right. red or blue, and all that stuff had worn off, so it was very difficult to assemble. I, I do remember a lot of the Lord's name being mentioned uh, <laughs> when that is being put together, um, and then decorating the tree was always was always fun. Of course, I, I don't know what happened to that tree. It probably just. It's certainly not biodegradable, so I don't know where it is now. Well, well, that's right. I remember it's not like, like for example, now we have this, it's an artificial tree, but it's really in three sections, and it just kind of folds up. So you put it out, you pull it down, the the lights are all on it. Those were the trees that, you're right, it it had, there was like a big wooden pole, and there was all sorts of slots, and you had to like take one of the tree limbs that had a blue slot and put it into the blue slot on the pole, and hopefully it would turn out okay. But right, after a number of years, it wore away. So we had a lopsided tree a lot of times. Well, and it wasn't it wasn't you know precision engineered like the current ones either. It was sort of you know the same people who did lawn darts. I think it put the ends of those trees together, so it was a health hazard in, in terms of blood loss. So that's why we always put the the tarp down first. That's it. Now we were at least when you were little and I was little, we were a Christmas morning opening gifts family. That's at least my recollection. Yes, and and I was since you were. What I remember, of course, given your significant age difference, was uh, you were in your teen years, and you were less excited about opening presents than I than I was. I, I remember being the first one up, and you sort of swatting at me to, to wait a while. <laughs> that's that. That hasn't changed. But it right exactly. It, it was always, but it was always, you know, quite nice. I mean, I think our our parents in general, my mom and our mom in particular, did just a great job of keeping Christmas. You know, she went out of her way to make it special for us, both through the the presents and uh, generally getting what we want. Other than you know that uh, the BB gun, I never got, but that was probably in everyone's best interest. Right, because you would have shot your eye out, or somebody's. There's there's no question somebody would have been hurt. Uh, and then, of course, we always talk about the the special food she made uh, to yeah to preserve Christmas. So she she definitely put the effort in. Yeah, it was funny because we always had our, our our special things that we liked. For me. Our, our our grandmother, my father's mother, and, and we should say that my mom's our mom's parents um, that they, they passed away early. So I, I neither one of us knew you know our maternal grandmother or grandfather, and our grandfather on my father's side, um, he passed away. Gosh, um, in 1968 when I was when I was 10, and so you really probably have very little recollection of, of him as well. So it, we just had our, our maternal our the grandmother um, nanny who our grandmother on our dad's side and and she used to 
she would make these these sugar cookies, which to me, I still remember them vividly. I've never had any sugar cookies like it before or after. And, and mom had the recipe, and she would make it. And apparently there were a lot of trouble, because mom always reminded me about how much trouble those cookies were to make. <laughs> yes, they, they went extra good with the guilt. That was the secret ingredient that, uh, that made it work. And so for you also, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, I, I know the stuffed ham was something that you always loved. Yeah, and again, I, I tell you every year I'm going to make it, and then it just, it, it's just such an enormous pain. It takes like two days, and you've got to keep it out in some cold compress area, and you stuff it with kale and everything. And I, I had the best of intentions, uh, and I, I talked to uh, somebody this year who she thinks she's going to help me with it, or, or it would probably help me if I asked her, um, but uh, I, I just don't know. I, I, I'm really ambitious around December 1st, and by the time the 15th rolls around, I've sort of lost it. Uh, I understand how that goes, and it always was a lot of work, because that's another thing that Mom would talk about, the, the Maryland, Southern Maryland stuffed ham, which is... You take a ham and you bake it, and then you you stuff it with this this kale sort of seasoning, and then you cook it some more, right? And then you put it outside and let it cool. It, it is a lot of work, no question about it. I, I think you had to face it east towards Mecca for like a day, <laughs> and then it was it was it was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of astrological science involved, and uh, it is clearly beyond me. Do you have a favorite Christmas present that you remember growing up? Uh, my favorite Christmas present was probably the guitar I got, which sent me down a bad path, which led to all sorts of other bad decisions, <laughs> uh, which made some good stories. But that that was probably it. That, or do you remember when we got the very first video game system, the Atari? Yes, yes. Where you had to you had to stick like the plastic screens on the TV. Yes. And everything was Pong, but they would call it different things, like haunted house and stuff. Right. Uh, I thought we were really living when we got that. And I see, and I remember, and we weren't allowed to use any of the TVs upstairs. So we, <laughs> they, 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 would, they sent us down into, I, I would say it was a rec room in the basement, but that would be probably doing a disservice to rec rooms. And I can remember kind of like sitting on this, this really, it, it was outdated in the 1970s, let me put it yeah. like that, sitting on the, this, this like sort of patio furniture that somehow ended up in our basement. And you were right, you'd, you'd kind of put the screen up there and we'd play Pong. But you're right, we, we we thought we were in tall cotton doing that. Right, and that's funny you'd say that because when we ended up, you know, when our parents sold the house, I remember going down there and uh, the, the combination of wood paneling and bizarre tile flooring, I didn't know how we existed down there. Again, I'm sure there was asbestos involved. Um, and it, the ceilings were really low. We're both relatively tall. Yep. Um, yep. So, yep. Yep. Yes, yep. I, I do remember sitting down there. Okay, th- those are the good memories. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, that was Christmas past. Let's talk about Wagner Christmas presents. Stick around. You're listening to the Jeff Wagner Christmas special on WTMJ. Welcome back. Merry Christmas. You're listening to the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special on WTMJ. We continue our conversation with my brother, Scott, who is the subject of all sorts of stories that we tell during the course of the year. So I think it's only fair once a year to give him an opportunity to respond. Scott, let's talk about Christmas present. What does this Christmas look like? And the show is going to be airing on Christmas Eve around 4 o'clock. So what's that Christmas week going to look like for you? Well, uh, hopefully I won't be working. That's my current plan, but uh, it'll be very nice. We're going to be spending Christmas Day with you, of course. Uh, over the years, I had hosted, and now that has switched around due to circumstances, which is great because uh, you just show up with a bottle of bourbon and you get great food, and uh, it's a wonderful experience, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, I'll have my kids and then uh, the woman I'm dating with me on Christmas at your place. And then 
on on Christmas Eve, that'll be a little bit different for me. It'll just be uh, uh, just be two of us at the house because the kids are with their mother that day. But uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. So it's, it's uh, going to be a great great holiday. Well, let's give everybody an update on on the kids who have been subjects, of course, of of the conversation of the program over the 20 plus years I've been doing it. Um, your daughter. My goddaughter and niece, Sydney, um, graduated from San Diego State. It's amazing how quickly time goes. I mean, I can remember right when she was a freshman, you and I went out there to see a Jimmy Buffett concert and yep. get her moved into the dorm, and it, four years just flew by. She did. They did. And despite her genetic makeup, she graduated summa cum laude, uh, which I, I don't think you get extra points for having my DNA in you, but you really should, uh, and did great in San Diego. And I was so proud of her because she basically – Really didn't know anyone except some friends of mine, but she thought that was going to be a great international business school, so she hauled herself uh, all the way across the country to, you know, don't feel sorry for her living in San Diego. Yeah, it was San Diego, yeah. Right, but just killed it out there and did a great job. And and as as I think you know, uh, most of my time, I I volunteer a lot at Pewaukee High School where we live, and I was a mentor to kids who want to be lawyers. And whenever they can't find a really good lawyer to mentor them, they call on me because they know I've got nothing else to do. And I have spent the last six years talking children out of going to law school and, and trying to have them find an honorable profession. And, of course, because no good deed goes unpunished, uh, your niece and my daughter decided to go to law school. And uh, this year she's at Washington University College of Law uh, in, in uh, Washington, D.C. American University. American University. Oh, wait, I got, the, I got it wrong. I, yeah. I have to watch where those tuition checks are going. <laughs> yeah, wait. It, it's, it's the Washington School of Law at American University. Right, in, in D.C. So it was kind of yeah. interesting. You know, she here's a, a, a young lady from Pewaukee. She goes to the West Coast for four years and then ends up going across the country. And so now she's been in D.C. for the first semester. And as we are taping this, she is in the middle of her exams. But, I mean, I saw her when she was back for Thanksgiving, and she seems to be doing very well. She is thriving, and she's going through the experience, as, as those who go through law school know. Um, you only get one test, so you don't know uh, where you are in the class. You have some idea, because some people say stupid things, and you figure you're smarter than them. But you really get, you get the one exam, and as I like to tell her, when I was a freshman at 1L at Marquette, I never spent so much time in a church as I did during exam week, because you're just, you know, everything is riding on that one set of exams. So she's under a lot of pressure, but she's, she's doing really well. She's got one left. She's got contracts to go. Yeah, we, we're very proud of her, and obviously, yeah. you know, she's she's extremely accomplished, and she's one of these people that I think is uh, going to set the world on fire in a very, very good way, and I know we're very proud of her. Okay, very much so. we are also very proud of your son, Alex, my nephew, who is, what, 14 going on about 44, would be my he estimate. Is. He is my very favorite wingman. Alex is, is uh, not only my son, but a great friend of mine, and I, I, I couldn't be uh, happier with both of my kids, but he is he is my wingman, and uh, he's he's done great. He's out there working at 14. He's he's bussing tables now, and he spent the, the latter part of the summer working at a golf course, and just loved it. He's already investing money, and he's going to be the uh, financial genius of the family, which is faint praise, uh, <laughs> but it's all relative. And he's just doing great. He he's killing it at at, uh, at high school, and he's just a great kid. Uh, both my kids are spectacular. Yeah, you know, it's such a weird time that the last couple of years with the pandemic, and I know a lot of kids have had real problems and things like that, and it's been tough on a lot of people. So I, I think we're we're both very, very happy that both Sydney and Alex have kind of come through the pandemic. I don't want to say unscathed, but, but they've been able to figure out how to keep going and moving in the right direction. 
Oh, yeah. The only one scarred by the pandemic is me. When, when Sydney was going to San Diego State for senior year, a week after I signed her lease, they announced they were going virtual. So right. I ended up paying for an unnecessary lease. And kept, well, she lived there. But uh, yes, I'm the only one who has scars from that. Yeah, it's, that's kind of that's how it goes. So Christmas this year, are we going to see the stuffed ham? Well, I, I would put it, if I were a betting man, I would say uh, it's 50-50. I mean well, but we'll see. Right, right. And uh, when when you go and sit on Santa's lap, what uh, what do you want this year? Is there is there something that you'd like to find under the tree? Uh, I just want the kids to be and family to be happy and healthy. That's uh, it, it. Sounds cliched, but it's true. I have I have more than what I need. I'm trying to simplify my life rather than <laughs> I'm trying to declutter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't need things. I just want everybody to be happy and healthy. And very blessed to have you and your lovely wife uh, have taken such great care of me and my kids and and. and great friends and folks around me. So I, I just want that to continue. I, I, I'm not sure. That's that's a noble thought. But we also forgot another important member of the Wagner family. Now, I think everybody knows, um, you, know, you know, I tell you, Sasha, my, my dog, just she gladdens my heart on a daily basis. Um, you, you now have, have a dog. Was that this year or did you have, did you have it, Harley it, last Christmas? It was last year. Harley is, is a greyhound who was not quite fast enough to make the track. And as, as you remember, uh, you and I owned a greyhound that it didn't work out so well back when they were racing dogs, and it was so bad, I decided to buy another one on my own and, and <laughs> lost a great deal of money trying to raise greyhounds. So uh, when my son decided he wanted a dog, I figured we would get one. And it, it's funny how they say that the, the dog reflects the owner's personality. This greyhound will sleep 22 hours a day. <laughs> uh, it, it's like the ultimate Jimmy Buffett. It, someone accused her of being a stoner uh, because... Well, you would think these greyhounds are really energetic. She is the the the, the, the best at making, finding a comfortable place and laying down. But uh, she is a sweetheart, and uh, she's funny because she competes with. She recognizes me as the alpha, but she competes with Alex. Like she she sees him going for his the chair. He usually sits in. She'll jump in it, um, which is really the extent of her activity for the day. <laughs> but uh, her name is Harley, named after the Batman villain, not the motorcycle, because it's the only thing the kids could agree on. <laughs> well, it, it, at least they were able to find some common ground on that. Right. Scott, I want to thank you again for spending some time with me. It would not be the Wagner Family Christmas special without at least a couple segments with you. You know how I feel about you, and um, I just want to say publicly the same thing I say privately. Um, have a very Merry Christmas. I'm so glad that you are in my life. And likewise, you've been a great brother. I love you dearly, and uh, I appreciate everything you do for me and for my family. We'll be back with more of the Jeff Wagner Family Christmas Special in just a minute. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special. I'm very pleased to welcome a dear friend of mine, Maggie Opplinger, who is the director of the Florentine Opera. Her mom and dad have become extremely close friends of Fran and I over the last couple years. And uh, Maggie, first of all, welcome and Merry Christmas. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to you. Okay, hey, tell me a little bit. Right now, you have, what, five children ages? What's the oldest? What's the youngest? Nine, eight, seven, six, and three. <laughs> <laughs> So we are covered in Christmas right now. Well, that that, that was going to be my question, because I've been over at your place for birthday parties and stuff, and that was sort of organized chaos. What What is Christmas like at a household where you have that many kids um, and those ages? Less organized chaos. <laughs> um, you know, we really, we really try to figure out what those key moments are that are going to be a lot of fun for everyone, and figure out how to do them. And that might involve a lot of swearing and late nights on my part and my husband's part. But um, we're, we're trying to keep that magic of Christmas alive for the kids. And 
you know, it's it's so beautiful because they're all really right in that age where they're engaged and they want to leave cookies for Santa and they want to decorate cookies for an entire day, which, you know, very few parents are enthusiastic for that many hours of cookies, but we find our way through it. <laughs> and they love performances. So we're taking them to the Nutcracker this week. That's going to be our big, everyone's um, ready for an outing. That'll be our big holiday outing. And they are singing Christmas carols and they are, you know, planning gifts for other people and writing really hilarious little cards to Santa. And um, it's been a lot of fun. And we're, we're a St. Nick house too. So we always have the, a very tiny lineup of shoes um, <laughs> in the hallway on December 5th. So it's like the best lead up of all time. Well, you know, Maggie, you have a lot of experience with that because you grew up in a relatively large family as well. I think what you have five siblings, as I recall. I do, yes. All right. So, what what were I mean? Give me an exp- your some of your recollections about growing up in in a large family with your mom and dad, Mike and Kathy. Well, we always call my mom Mrs. Claus. She is like the queen of Christmas and always has been. And as a kid, that was always a little bit much because you know she decorates every single inch of everything, and I'm very lazy and I'm I'm not a super visual person, so that was wasted on me. Definitely got that from my dad, uh, and. Is, uh, I don't know how this started, but at some point, my aunt and uncle would come over, and you know this, Jeff, because we've pulled you in a couple of times, um, would come over to help my mom decorate her house. And then somewhere along the line, she looked at my dad and a really close family friend who I consider an uncle and pretty much told them to get the kids out of the house. And this turned into one of my all-time favorite holiday traditions because these two guys who do not follow all of my mom's rules, would take us out and we could do whatever we wanted. So we would go bowling. We would go to Chuck E. Cheese. We would see two movies in a row, which is like unheard of. And they would take us to Old Country Buffet and we'd all eat like ice cream and jello for lunch. And it was just an absolute free-for-all for the kids. And then you'd come home And the house was beautifully decorated, and it felt like you'd just kind of gone through a magic trick. And as much as I hated dealing with all of the ornaments and stuff, seeing them up was amazing. It's always amazing. And as as a parent now, it's been a lot of fun to realize it's as much of a pleasure for the adults to have a quiet day while their kids are out having fun. Yes, it is for the kids. Well, and of course, that so, tra- that tradition has continued because now your your dad, your children's grandfather, I, he 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 takes them. He does the same thing that he did with you when you were a kid. He does the same thing now with the grandkids. He does, and it's like their favorite day of the year. Like they are so excited for this decorating day, and you know, our decorating is much lower key at our house, so you don't get the same impact. And they all help us, but they love getting that time they call them poppy getting to go out with poppy and drive somewhere and they don't know what's coming and um my dad's really funny about it because he is not like my mom's more of a planner than my dad is but he organizes this day all by himself so you know i was there this year with all these ideas and he's like i got it (laughs) (laughs) we're not doing wholesome art stuff maggie we're going to the movies (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) We've got got it under control. Well, Maggie, I appreciate you spending some time with us today. You're the director of the Florentine Opera, and I know this has been a a huge challenge. I had an opportunity to see some of your performers about a week before Christmas. It was just outstanding. And if people haven't checked out the Florentine Opera next year, they really need to do it. 
Oh, thank you for that, Jeff. We had a lot of fun doing it. And on behalf of the Florentine, I wish everyone just a wonderful holiday season. It's so great to be back together and enjoying our traditions all over again. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Christmas Special on WTMJ. Well, there's no way we could have a family Christmas special without bringing in the matriarch of the Wagner family, the person that whenever I go out in public, people like, like, like to see me, but they all ask about Mrs. Wagner, Fran Wagner. So Merry Christmas, sweetheart. Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas. Okay. Thank you. Let, let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, Christmases when you were growing up. Now, people might not know this, but you were part of a very large family. Your dad and mom, um, you, had, you had seven other siblings. There were eight of you. There were eight of us. Catholic family, obviously. Fifteen years up. We had, she had eight kids in 15 years. Now, your dad, and I, I, one of my big regrets is I, I never got to, to meet mm. your, your dad, but your dad was an FBI agent who, um, he went to Marquette Law School, as a matter of fact, he mm-hmm. w- had a pole vaulting record at Marquette University, mm-hmm. and, and then you know, got in the FBI, and really, you guys traveled all around the country. I mean, you lived in all sorts of different places growing up. Correct. He was originally from, obviously, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and um, he went to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Washington, I only, in other other states also. I was only in Kansas City, Superior, and back to Milwaukee so he could retire, and then went to work for Mayor Meyer. One of my favorite pictures, there's a picture of your dad shaking hands with J. Edgar Hoover um, when, mm-hmm. when your dad retired. I think it was like 1964 and stuff. We ended mm-hmm. up donating that to the local FBI office, and apparently it's in there. They've got like a Hall of Fame and stuff. I, I just thought that was very cool. It was cool. He had a great, you know, and he was loved. You know, he was, they call, even the journal called my dad Mr. Clean. <laughs> so he was just, he was loved by all. He and, really was. And, of course, your your mom, um, eight kids, and, and we talk about mm-hmm. this a lot. Your, your mom was just, I, I think that's where you kind of get that Energizer Bunny thing of, of energy. I mean, she, she, raised, she raised eight kids, and I, people would always, I mean, I think some of you guys would say, hey, you, you don't work outside the home, but she, she raised eight kids. <laughs> And after having two, <laughs> I could never believe that we said that. Correct. She she used to talk to herself when she was doing the laundry. And I'd sit on the stairs and listen to her. And she, and I said to her one time, Mom, why do you, you're talking to yourself? She said, because I love all the answers I have. <laughs> <laughs> she so, was a hoot. So, she was fun, witty, and she took, you know, cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner for us. I mean, she was great. She was a great mom. Now, we blessed. Christmas in a family with eight kids must have been mm-hmm. must have been sort of uh, must have been an interesting sort of thing. What are some of your Christmas recollections? You know, we never saw anything under the tree. You know, everything was always hidden. And as my sisters would tell you, they would stand sit on the stairs and wait for Christmas morning. But they would get up in the middle of the night, and with the minute they saw presents, they'd wake each other up, go down, go get mom and dad, and wake them up, and then they'd let them open the presents early. And then, then they'd go back to bed and then get up and, of course, go to church. We all went to church together every Sunday and, of course, Christmas. But we had great memories of Christmas, but it was chaos when you have eight children and not a lot of gifts. I mean, I think we had... Uh, 
two to three gifts a person, which you can understand. We never felt like we were, (laughs) we felt blessed with even that. (laughs) Nowadays, you know, kids get a little little bit more. We were talking earlier about just kind of doing the math when it's a large family like that. How many, how many grandchildren were there in, in the family? 21 grandchildren. 21. <laughs> and, yeah, and 33 great-grandchildren. Well, it's, you know, and, and plus, um, it's you, you coming from a large family like that, I am always amazed at, at how often I am in public, and the question just isn't, oh, how's Fran doing? Or, you know, so you're married to Fran, but it's also, I, I'm Fran's cousin, or, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, we're related we somehow. I mean, it's just amazing what a small world, you know, this is, and especially when you mm-hmm. come from a large family like that, how many relatives you really have. We had, you know, and we had great memories with them, too. The the Legrand family, as you know, Mark Legrand worked for Channel 4. Um, We would spend Christmases sometimes at their house, too, you know, as we got older or moved back here. Um, They, we all liked our cousins. We were, we really did. And when we'd get together, but we had moved around so much, we didn't get to see them until I was a little bit older. Well, older is fifth grade. My other sisters have more recollections of it. The let, let's let's flash forward to Christmas present um, right now. I was just thinking, can you, we've been married for over four years. Can you imagine? Time yeah. has flown quickly. <laughs> I hope, right? <laughs> and it's been a good four years, a yeah. great four years. Yeah, it has. You are the absolute master of of keeping Christmas. Um, right after Thanksgiving, I think this year it might have been that Friday after Thanksgiving. The tree is coming up from the basement. All the ornaments are coming up from the basement. And twenty four hours later, I, I have to do almost nothing other than help like assemble the tree. And and you have the whole house decorated. It's absolutely amazing. You really enjoy this time of year. I do. I think you enjoyed almost more than I do. You have the lights on in the morning. I get up and the lights are all on in the whole house and I smile because you like, you love the tree. You love the decorations. You'll sit in here with the fireplace and just enjoy yourself. And I, I'm happy about that. I did that last night. Well, I think I just, what we, what I think is so cool about the tree too is, is there's a collection of ornaments. I mean, you have, yeah. you have mm-hmm. ornaments um, dating back decades. We have ornaments from, you know, when when I was in Whitefish Bay and my light wife Sue, mm-hmm. and then we have current mm-hmm. ornaments that people have given us. So you really look at the tree, and it's kind of a Wagner Legrand. You know, it, it's this is your life. Just looking at that tree. Goodness, mm-hmm. I think I, you know, as everybody knows, I loved your late wife. And, and of course, adored you and loved you. And I think that that's important to put all of the different people in your life on the tree. Well, one, one of the really cool things, too, is when, when I was growing up, and this is, we're talking like three or four years old, mm-hmm. my parents gave us, gave me this, it's this little car that you sit in and you pedal <laughs> push and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I've never been able to get rid of it because my mom, before she passed away, said, you're always going to keep this, aren't you? So I, you know, we moved it from different places. And I think it was like last year, or maybe two years ago, you came up with the idea of, here's what we're going to do at Christmas. We're going to bring this, this toy car up. Mm-hmm. We're going to set it up in the den. We're going to put a Christmas tree in. We've got different, you know, other ornaments that are there. We're going to plug it in. We're going to light it. So we've got like a second mini Christmas tree that's set kind of as a tribute to, you know, my parents from years and years ago. And I think it's just a great way to keep Christmas. 
It is. And it's such a cute truck. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great truck. So what are we doing? This this show, we're taping it in advance, but it's going to air on Christmas Eve. So what are we doing Christmas Eve? Jenny's house that and Derek. Be, that would be and your daughter and son-in-law? A, yes, My it is. And yep. then with, yep, and with all the kids, and, and we will um, have like 40 people, maybe 45. And Christmas Eve's, I used to do that, and she took it over. And everybody comes, which is great. We have a great time. And then Christmas Day is a little bit quieter, but not necessarily that much, because we're going to be having Scott and Sydney and mm-hmm. Alex, and we're, we're going to be having um, them over for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, did I, did I hear it's ham on Christmas Eve and steaks or a tenderloin or something on Christmas Day? <laughs> well, your family's much littler, <laughs> littler so they get the steaks. <laughs> the other ones, we bring the ham and the potatoes and things like that, but... And then we'll go over and see Amy and her family um, in the morning and then go see Jenny, how they open the presents. We've done that every Christmas. We go to both families. Right. And it's fun. It, mm-hmm. it, well, I, it's it's always a great time, and sweetheart, you just do again. You do such a great job of keeping Christmas, and uh, uh-huh. and and I really appreciate that very much. So I, I also appreciate. I know this is not necessarily your favorite thing to do to come on the radio, but I really appreciate it because, like, <laughs> like I say, any time we go anywhere, it's like. What's Fran like? Let's find out a little bit about Fran. So thank you for sharing at least just a little uh, bit with everybody. Um, th- thank you for having me. <laughs> Merry Christmas, sweetheart. I love you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Love you, too. <laughs> All right. We will be back with more of the Jeff Wagner Christmas special in just a moment. Welcome back to the Jeff Wagner Family Christmas Special. I want to say, first of all, a very special thank you to my various guests, including the family members who came on to share some of their recollections about growing up and what Christmas was like for them, and in addition to tell you what Christmas 2021 is going to look like. I also want to say a very special thank you to all of you, not just for listening to the Christmas Eve program, although I certainly appreciate that, but also listening during the course of the year. I used to wrap up almost every program by saying something to the effect of, I know when it comes to your radio listening, you have a lot of different choices, and I really do appreciate you spending the last couple hours with me. Well, I don't say that perhaps as much as I should, but the truth is, I really do appreciate you listening to the program today, the program all during the course of the year, and the program for many, many years. It's really been a great joy in my life to be able to do a show on WTMJ, and I very much appreciate all of you who've participated in the show over the years. On behalf of myself and our family, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Hope 2022 brings you everything that you could possibly want. Once again, thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 